Welcome back for episode 32 of Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And me, Robbie. And continuing our little Halloween spooky season yeah. is our next episode on our favourite horror TV. And uh, it's kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of jumping on the, on the back of the bandwagon with stuff like Midnight Mass and Squid Games now being out. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of thinking, well, whilst these things are popular, we might as well kind of hit some, uh, you know, some alternative recommendations, some other suggestions that we might have for people, some kind of potential hidden gems or some things that we think are, are kind of good horror TV series that are out there. Um, we're trying to steer a little bit clear of some of the ones that you people you know know and bigger so yeah things such as stranger things the walking dead that kind of stuff yeah i mean uh, i wouldn't say that so um when you're thinking about horror tv so when i was thinking about this originally i wrote down a few and was like yeah they're good um i think this time i may have made the mistake by going oh i just jog my memory just to make sure i'm not missing anything important and i was like holy fuck there are so <laughs> many that have been made that i've just forgot over the years yeah uh, straight away this is explicit but yeah it's obviously yeah um yeah so like you said uh with some of the more popular ones like avoid avoiding those little like kind of tropes but also you know with hover horror tv i think like the time of year we are we're into october now we're building towards we're all looking forward to uh halloween coming around and getting proper into it but i think for a lot of people like this whole month is just like ah, oh, i just want to binge horror yeah you know what i mean and quite often obviously we think films but so far we haven't really talked a lot about tv i think know? we've had an episode about tv yeah have we no this is our first one so and this isn't uh this isn't necessarily our best no so it's favorite horror tv um and it's some of a selection of our few and this probably isn't the only time that we'll do one like this because as i said there are so many that we could pretty much spend episodes just talking yeah. about certain TV series. Um, so, yeah, this is more just kind of picking out some of those ones that might be good recommendations for this time of year and just some that are generally some of our favourites. Yeah. Um, we're going to have the old, you have free choices, I have free choices. Yeah, we are, as as we do. Yeah. We go between three and five, don't we? We kind of split, it depends. But when it's top five, we normally call it the top five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, even as I as I told Rob before, I've actually written down what I think Rob's choices will be. <laughs> we will see if I'm correct or not. He, 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 I believe he's tried to, he may have tried to subvert expectations. So. Well, I actually think I, I mean, I think I told you what I was going to do the last, the last time we recorded an episode, but I imagine you forgot. Yeah, I've completely forgot that. <laughs> I think you'll probably, there'll be one you'll definitely get, um, which will be the last one I mentioned. And then um, potentially another one, um, because with the horror TV, with horror TV, there are a lot out there. Um Oh, definitely. There's a hell of a lot. I mean, recently I, I have been watching uh, Midnight Mass, so you're not going to find that on the list, to be honest. It's it's fresh out now. There's no point in recommending it when, <laughs> when it's it hot is on brand the trot, new. It know? is, yeah. It's, so I wasn't going to recommend Midnight Mass. I'm halfway through at the moment. Shit's just kicking off, and I'm loving it. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I can't remember. I think, I'm not... What is it? Seven episodes long. Isn't seven it? episodes. I think I'm only on episode three. So yeah. even though we started, like we we were into it over a week ago, for some reason it's kind of it was one of those where um, 
we were uh, me, uh, me and Charlotte were both like, oh, we definitely want to watch this. We absolutely loved, you know, Mike Flanagan's other series. And we were like, oh, we definitely want to watch it. We started watching episode one. We're really into it. Episode two, we started, but then we're like, oh, like, oh, we're really busy. So we'll have to do work at the same time. And then we just, we quickly realized at the end of episode two, like, no, we can't do work at the same time. Yeah. Like, I've got to be able to pay attention to this and I can't pay attention if I'm doing it. So we end up having to like rewatch part of episode two, then do it in episode three and just like, no, we're going to have to wait until we can actually sit down and watch it properly. That's one of the things I find is different with watching a horror movie and watching a horror series. When I watch a horror movie, sometimes I can stick it on and I can do things in the background a little bit. You know, I can go on my phone, I can do stuff like that. Yeah. But when I'm watching horror series, I kind of need to be glued to them. So the same same thing happened. I start. I watched episode one and I thought, okay, I'm into this. Um, I I I spoke to my friend at work, Ross, about it. Shout out. Um, and he told me about he told me about it. He didn't. I kind of knew what was what was happening he didn't have a clue about anything um um we're working on a bubble system at the moment so i haven't seen him since watching <laughs> it so i imagine he's probably watched one i'll catch up with him um so i watched the first episode and i was like yeah you know i'm into this yeah. um and then on the sunday i didn't, I didn't really have anything to do um and it was one of those rare Sundays where I didn't have anything. So I watched another three episodes back to back, I think. Loved it. And then I didn't have the time across the week to kind of sit there and dedicate it to it. Because uh, I think you got with a series, you have to pay a lot more attention, I find. Oh, definitely. That, um, I mean, definitely with, with, with this style of series, um, you've got to have that kind of attention because it, it's quite slow burn. But it's also, it's got all these little little hints little easter eggs that kind of build towards as you're getting towards the end of them and i know exactly what it what it's like with these um in fact you know this this is this is a good point anyway because i wasn't going to say midnight mass but i'm going to do my first one yeah this into makes it. a lot more sense right now while we're talking about midnight mass because mike flanagan's uh, you know what i couldn't actually i just kind of i've kind of cheated a bit here because i've just said mike flanagan's netflix tv series oh. because i wasn't going to say midnight mass but I was picking between Hill House and Bly Manor and I was just like, you know what? It's much easier to just, we'd had a little discussion in a prior episode. Yeah, we had. About, we? So not about, about the haunting of, uh, about the fact that I was watching. So this is actually shout about all the way back to last Halloween when we did our alternative horror recommendations. Yeah. And at the start of that, we actually discussed quite a bit about um, Hill House and stuff like that. And I was recommending it to you and saying that I was only part of the way through Bly Manor. And I wasn't loving it quite as much as Hill House and things like that. So that was like in that episode, those recommendations have already kind of been built in. But go back and watch that one from last year because it was a good one. Yeah. I was listening to that just before today. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, to talk about that kind of slow build. So obviously, I don't know where Midnight Mass. I'm in the exact same place with Midnight Mass. But right now, I, 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 I am enjoying it. But it's... I know that here with his, it's you, when you get to the final two episodes, the sh- shit will just go way up. Nice, like it's a it's slow build for a reason, but it's not until you get near the end you gotta stay invested. If you give up in the first couple of episodes, then you're missing out on a treat. Yeah, and with the haunting of Hill House, and I'm not gonna give you any spoilers. Yeah, don't. You <laughs> I still haven't got around. I've been recommending it to Rob for ages, but he's still not watched it yet. Hopefully, Midnight Mass will make him want to go. Oh, I'll check out the other one. It probably will. Um, so yeah. The Haunt of Hill House is, um, I mean, just like anyone who's watching Midnight Mass now, it's just so well built with this family of characters. 
each who are built with this, and you know the basic idea of Hill House anyway. You've, yeah. You've watched The Haunting or uh, House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Not that those are exactly the same as the original <laughs> story that he's basing it on. This is more of the original book. Ah, yes. Liam Neeson you know? and Jeffrey. Yes. It's, oh, it's, it's Owen Wilson getting his head taken off by a... <laughs> no, that's, this is not it. This is more of like family psychology. Yeah. This is like this is psychological in nature. This is a whole family who doesn't know whether what they witnessed in the house when they were children was it real or was it supernatural? Was it their minds that played tricks on them? Are they forgetting things? Is this childhood trauma or is this real? And that's where that kind of goes. It's that kind of balance between each character. Every episode, you kind of have a different character and you find out a different backstory for each character. And it's like to find out what their life was like as a child, things like that. So that's the basic construct of the, like the, the Hill House and how it works until you get to the end when it's all of them together kind of thing. Um, and that's kind of a nice way that it works with Hill House and with Mike Flanagan's direction. But it's with his is, I mean, I'd say so far of all of the ones that I've seen of his, though Hill House is still the scariest because it just has points where one, it's children. So yeah. a lot of the backstory is all about them as children. So you've got children, which is already out, always adds a bit of a creepiness to it anyway. Yeah, it you kind know. of, it shatters innocence, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's got that very kind of creepy, you've got some very creepy shots that are very reminiscent of the one he went on to do with Doctor Sleep, like The Shining. Yeah. Where you've got the two the two girls, you know, the twins. Yeah. yeah. That kind of shot. But it's one of those ones where it's not in your face. It's like literally like you're just watching a shot and you're like there, like you're watching two characters in the scene. And then it suddenly just pops into the corner of your eye. It's like, holy fuck in the corner of the room but you like if you go back and look on them like it's like they were there the whole fucking time how did i not notice until like right then that something is stood in the corner watching them it's like holy shit and i picked up some of that in midnight mass yeah you know that's the thing that i i kind of i from watching midnight mass and midnight mass doctor sleep um hush they're the only things i've actually seen by mike flanagan yeah but he does a lot of this kind of it's all it kind of plays in your subversion you know i'm thinking particularly one scene in um uh midnight mass where i mean if you did if you did film studies or anything like that you're kind of tailor-made and you're kind of taught that the center of the screen is the focus yeah so if you're gonna make any any jumps or any scares or you're trying you know anything you put whatever it is in the center of the screen yeah and what mike flanagan seems to do is he seems to put things off center yeah keep them there and you'll be watching it and you won't realize for a split second until you've noticed that there's something stood there and it kind of you know it kind of takes you off guard a little bit and that's the thing that i loved that he's done a couple of times in midnight mass so that he continues. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what, that, one, one example point. in terms of that, and you'll definitely be like, if you've seen it, you'll definitely be interested. And this, this isn't really a, spoil, a spoiler, but the, and this is all the way in the first episode. Yeah. But it's the cat's eyes. Yes. The cat's eyes that it took me a while to be like, what? exactly. And then it's like, so if you know, you know. But if it's you know, the cat's you know. eyes, like, like, and I won't lie that one or two of them occasionally look like that's just someone moving lights around. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's someone behind a black sheet or so it just moving. Like, but still, I was like, oh shit, I didn't notice no. that at first. And that's how long has that been going on? Exactly. I think I reround and was like, that's been going on the entire time. That's I what I realize. did. And then we got <laughs> yes. <laughs> look at your uh, Carrie as a uh, running thread in our episode. But I was just like, there, like, is she watching me right now? <laughs> and she is. Yeah, she is. Yes. She is. 
She is above us, as yeah. she should be. As she should be. <laughs> um, but um, no, he does. He does that kind of a lot, doesn't he? It's, and uh, he's got an amazing idea with like his cinematography, like make the like the amazing set, the, the way that certain things are crafted in that scene are just brilliant. And in Hill House again, with like the, again, I'm, I'm avoiding spoilers. Cause I don't want to ruin it for an old Bobby here, and I don't want to ruin it if you've never watched it before. Yeah. Um, because there are ones like just like you're just like talking with the kids at a breakfast table it's a family dinner and stuff like that and you're just like i think in the corner there's like one bit where it's like the pantry or something like that and a shelf like or a shelving unit and just like in between the cans you just don't notice there's someone just stood there just watching yeah <laughs> like it's just like what the fuck is going on um and like this is kind of an overview of thing but if i move across to kind of like bly manor i think maybe maybe the thing i didn't love at first when i watched it last time was more of that that it's slow build and it probably is even slower than Midnight Mass or Hill yeah. House. It's it's it is slower. The story takes a long like longer to kind of it's still this kind of haunted house kind of story, but it's got a lot more. You've got to get used to the British kids and things like that, which can be give or take. Sometimes they're like, Yeah, they're really good, and sometimes they're like, Oh, they're a bit annoying, aren't they? They yeah. kind of grind them. And they do have a little bit of this. One of the voices is the same girl that voices Peppa Pig. Like, so it's a bit like, oh, I'm listening to Peppa Pig. Um, so it's it, like, th- there's a little bit of that. And it's le- led by the same, like a lot of the same cast from the first series comes back for the, as in Midnight Mass, not all of them, but we have some of the same. So for yeah. instance, we have like, uh, uh, I'm blanking. I'm now, oh, I had his name in my head a second ago. And it's gone. Um, he's from E.T. He plays the, he plays the child in E.T. And he's the dad in Midnight Mass. You know, the dad with long hair thing. There's that whole yeah. scene where they have the dancing and stuff. That's yeah. He's been in all of Mike Flanagan's and he was in Doctor Sleep as well. And he's, yeah. um, oh, why can't I remember his name? Anyway, he's he played Elliot oh, in E.T. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's that. Like, it's, a, it's a weird thing that I didn't know until I knew. I was like, holy shit, it is. Um, yeah, so um, same cast kind of pops up through. Yeah. Each, I know why they'd want to do it because it's, you know, it's an, as an actor, you get to play a different type of role each time. And he has got to play a different type of role in all of the roles he's had in this kind of film. So it's nice that we get that kind of change, like that change around with the cast. Um, but we also, in Blind Manor, I think it builds a little bit more on, occasionally there was a little, there's maybe a little bit more kind of gore when it actually hits to it. Yeah. Points. And it also has a little bit more, um, it's very much is built into that ending. Like, where is this going? And yeah. it kind of, the mystery of it is much, even bigger, I think, in this one. So that's kind of why it is, you've really got to stick with it. And it's got much more of a, whereas the first one is more of a, a terrifying, but also like a, as if like years of trauma having to let go yeah. in Hill House. This one is much more of a kind of, that's emotional in its own way, which is what makes it great as well, is that he builds in this emotion underneath that kind of is really quite raw and could be related to something that people could really relate with. Yeah. And I think Hill House is one of those that definitely got to people. And Bly Manor has also this same, possibly more, where the ending turns out to be actually it's something more like of a, a sad twist than yeah. it is a you know, than it is a horrifying or scary twist. It's kind of like strange like that, but like Bly Manor is um is like the because the book it's related to is like the lady on in the lake. Um, a turn of the screw. Turn of the screw. Yeah, it's turn. Yeah. But, but it's it's got undertones of the lady in the lake as well. So it's kind of that's part yeah. of the blind manner kind of. But yeah, it's um, anyway. That was my. It's only because I think recently it's although we have a lot of horror TV shows, 
Um, and we've had a huge uprise in horror TV, especially say when, like we mentioned before, like The Walking Dead. Yeah. When The Walking Dead became like the biggest show on TV, like, and it was a horror show. Since then, we've had a huge extra rise. You know, between that and American Horror Story, we've had a huge rise in like different types of horror TV shows. Some, some are teen and throwaway kind of fun kind of thing. You know what I mean? Some are, some are like have depth and stuff like that. But I'd say like when you mentioned about like horror that you don't really always have to pay attention. You know, there yeah. are certain ones. I know there are slocky ones. I'd say like even like Friday the 13th, sometimes you could look away for a while and be doing something and look back and be like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We've got to it. You know, but I think with everything so far that Mike Flanagan's done, even film or things like that, like even Doctor Sleep, you don't look away. You can't be glued you can't. to it. You are kind of stuck on it. And once you get that, I think you do sometimes have to like push for it. Midnight Math is, is actually probably possibly draws you in a little bit faster i think than maybe the other two do at first so you've got to kind of stay with it a little bit but uh maybe hill has a bit more but um i think it's that it's it's that you are glued in and that's what makes a good a good horror tv show is that you don't want to look away and some of them because some of them are longer more serialized not just a limited series and stuff like that some of them do have i mean like i i really i really do enjoy the walking dead i haven't actually i'm behind on several seasons but as i know it's not going to be one that i'm going to mention but at the same time it is one where at the same time that's also one where i probably have watched a lot of episodes just doing something else at the same time because it's filler because it's they made the they made the series longer to like 16 episodes which the second you do that, the first two series were much tighter because they were shorter. As soon as you add in more and more episodes, it just it got flipped. And, yeah. it's, and it's the problem with a lot. This is, happens more often, unless it's a, a limited series like the Netflix, like this Netflix one, or it's a British one, like things like that, or like on on like HBO or something like that, where they tend, they've always done to do shorter things. Yeah. If it's like a standard network one, they always end up being a blip bloated. Like where it's like you could have cut that off like ten episodes ago and just done a nice tight ten episode series instead yeah. of a twenty two episode <laughs> series. And I don't think I've got any like that where I've got a proper. Like, I th- actually now I've got one which is better than that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my first choice. It is Mike Flanagan. A brief overview there, and um, yeah, you might have to watch it. We might have to come back to that one. Yeah, and actually def- talk about definitely. it once you've seen it. It's a bit harder. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely. don't want to ruin it for you. Well, my first one is actually. Um, it is a anthology series. Um, okay. It's not American Horror Story. No. So I originally did start watching um, the first. I watched the first two seasons of American Horror Story, and I found it good. But I found it kind of started to become a little bit too like style over substance, if that makes sense. I mean, I yeah, Ryan Ryan Murphy that is a very style like yeah. kind of person, you know. He does, but then he does so many random different, like he does American Horror Story, but also Glee and stuff. It's like such yeah. a random mix. It's a very random mix that he does. Um, and the series that I'm actually talking about is Slasher. So one point for Sir. Yeah, that that's is... on my list for Robbie. I'll that show is... you the list to prove it. Yeah, I will. It's right here. But I do. <laughs> Slasher was what I expected to be on your. That list. was the one I because you've talked about it a couple yeah, of times in the past. Because I mean, it, it's it follows this a similar formula to um american horror story yeah in the fact that it's it's about eight or ten episodes a season each season changes a different story in a different you know completely and they're not related at all but then you have some recurring actors and stuff like that uh but the the thing that i find most interesting about it is that it, it 
all of the seasons are kept relatively modern based, so there's not anything too far fetched jumping around or anything. Yeah, and for the most part, you don't really there's as far as I can remember, you don't really get any kind of supernatural aspects or anything like that. It's all kind of a bit more grounded, a bit more whodunit sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's slasher. Slasher. <laughs> it's so, a slasher film, like so it's staying away from those supernatural tropes, I guess. Yeah, um, it's just started its fourth season, um, and the fourth season uh, became exclusive to Shudder. Um, yeah. The first season is about uh, this... Um, this serial killer called the executioner who is who was caught the night of his that he committed these killings yeah and he gets put in prison and then they start like 30 or 40 years later um the second season is about um this these camp counselors who um return to the camp that they were at um to check on a body i think that's not a spoiler you're supposed to know that (laughs) um and it's both kind of been taken over by this kind of hippie wellness retreat. Yeah. Uh, the third season is set about um, somebody gets murdered in this block of flats. And the yeah, fourth season... Yeah. And the fourth season, which has just started, is kind of this... It, it's, it's it look, kind... I've seen tre- like the, the images. Of it look very different than the prior. Yeah. I, is that one set in modern day, the latest series? Yeah, it's it, set in modern day. Nah, the, the promo images just looked a bit like the way they were dressed and stuff looked a bit like well, they're older. Po- well, they're posh. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're so posh. There you, are, there you go. So it's based around this this uh, inheritance that these you know spoiled rich people are getting, and oh, they have yeah. to play they have to play a game, and the winner gets it. Oh yeah, it reminded um, the, the trailer reminded me a little bit of kind of like a ready to not or ready or not kind of. It's like, kind of like that like, vibe. Or another, uh, there's another film like that as well that I've seen that kind of yeah reminded me of something like that. Yeah. But it's and it's kind of that vibe. But I think it goes back to what you're saying about having a limited series, and it's because it's only eight or ten episodes in each one, they're able to tell a lot more of a concise, thought-out story. Yeah, um, you get some some of the deaths that you get are absolutely great, um, <laughs> and it kind of it it has that stuff where because you have actors playing recurring characters, it's kind of cool to be able to see somebody die. Um, and then the next season, they're playing a different character, and you're like, "Oh, I can't wait to see him die again." Yeah. You know, you it's kind of like it's How like are seeing you die this time. Yeah, it's like seeing Sean Bean die. You yeah. know, it's like you can't you really get bored of that. No, um, but it, it's just like a it's a it's an interesting series because it's filled of quite a few plot twists and stuff like that. Um, it keep, keeps people on the edge of their seats, and they always keep it kind of fresh with what they're doing. You know, with American Horror Story. Yes, they for me it kind of became too much of like okay we're gonna do this like thing where each season's based around like a gimmick you know so it's like a hotel and then it's like uh you know yeah. it's like uh at the moment they're doing like a double feature like vampires and aliens aren't they yeah um and it kind of for me it just became a bit too much like okay we're gonna set these we're gonna set it up and then you're gonna have a massive subversion twist and it's kind of like Nobody saw it coming, but then you you kind of expect that because yeah. that's how the form. I mean, I, I think it might. I think it kind of depends on what people kind of like about certain things, though. Because if you really like the slasher genre, then you're definitely going to like something like slasher kind of thing. Yeah. 
Whereas I think with, if it's like you want different kinds of things to change, like I think American Horror Story does change up quite a bit though. Yeah, oh, like definitely. The first season is of that one anyway is better than, you know, is better like than the second series. But then it's all down to preference because some people think some are fantastic. I think most people agree. The one you said about a hotel with Lady Gaga is pretty shit. But <laughs> like, but it depends. Some of them are good. It, it does have a tend to be up and down. Yeah. Um, and like Lincoln, but like, like you said about like if it, like slasher comes to like a strong like a, a conclusion. A who done it? Like you have a, like maybe have a oh I'm happy with that kind of ending. Yeah. Um. And I think uh, even linking back to the Mike Flanagan stuff, one thing that he absolutely nails is finales. One thing American Horror Story does not nail is finales. Yeah. They have rushed endings as if they didn't really know where they would go on with it, and this ends up in a lot of the series of it. Um. Slasher. Um. So I've watched some of the first season, and that's it. I, I haven't even finished the first yeah. season. Now, my only I'll thing with Slasher... <laughs> Carry on talking. Um, so, I guess the difference is, like, American Horror Story, one thing is that it does tend to have really strong actors. It does have big roles. Yeah, and the actors the kind of pull it in. American Horror Story is very much a character-based series, so it's not necessarily... Although it's horror, it has parts of things that are, like, weird and strange and things like that. But I wouldn't say it's, like, full-on um, horror all of the time with American Horror Story, whereas Slasher's from what I know of it, seems a bit more it's trying to be that what exactly what it says. It's trying to be a slasher. It's trying to be more a bit more full on with its and I don't know how that progressed across the other one. The only thing that threw me off is that I um I didn't find it was the acting for some of it I found it a bit stunted. Yeah, the, I mean the acting like, kind of that's one thing. As I said, I've only watched part of a season. So I can't say that it like I'm sure it probably gets strong. It was only because some of the actors just kind of threw me off a bit because I was just like, oh, this is... And this was only in the early episodes of season one. And yeah. I'm sure in season two and things like that, they probably they looked at it and went, what could work better? What could be, you know, how could we... Because the second season actually sounds more interesting to me. Yeah. But, well, um, I mean, that's I don't the... know. I haven't, fin- I haven't finished the first one. I, it is something I, w- I had keep meaning to go back to because I know they were all... Over, they were on Netflix, weren't they? Yeah, they were on Netflix. And the thing that I've found with it is that the recurring characters are usually um, the ones that are kind of the most interesting, in all honesty. You know, those are the ones that kind of put on the best app, the best things. I think Leslie Hope is one who is one of the recurring a- um, actresses. Um, oh, yeah. I, I want to say Lovell, <laughs> Lovell Adams Gray. I can't know. It's not him. I can't remember. There's one main character. Or one guy who's in um, every episode, every series, um, and yeah, he you know he kind of uh, comes back into each one, um, and yeah, I what well, I know what you mean. Some of, sometimes some of the acting can be kind of hit and miss regarding it, but it it has a lower budget feel to it than something like American Horror Story, and if you're a fan of stuff of that kind of low budget, I mean it's Canadian based, so it doesn't kind of have the big backing as yeah that's what know, i mean stuff so like i think it's to get story. i think that's the thing it was a sort there like i think at the time i didn't i didn't quite have enough time to be like i'm just gonna just give this a go i think i got distracted by other shows and then i didn't yeah. go back to it and i think it is one of those where it's kind of like yeah you maybe again you've got to let yourself have a little bit of time because like the canadian ones are obviously like 
a minute amount of the budget compared yeah. to any of the American ones <laughs> and things like that. So it definitely is like you've got to get a little bit used to it. But I'm sure, I, I mean, I barely even remember seeing much death in the first, like I think there was obviously open deaths in the first, but there wasn't a lot in that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's one of those where I'd probably, once I started seeing the actual deaths and stuff, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. I mean, it, some of the some of the deaths it's like if, do it's, see. It's kind of more like if I watched Friday the 13th, but I decided that I'm just, I'm not going to watch the death parts. I'm just going to watch the, 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 the drama. character. Yeah. And then be like, this is not very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, some, of the, some of the deaths that you do see, are are great there is um you know there's just thinking about the um the fourth season that's just been out we see uh somebody uh gets pushed into a wood chipper which is great somebody (laughs) gets uh torn apart by limb you know limb limb by limb style which is great somebody falls on a uh saw blade Oh sweet! So the, <laughs> we, you do get, you know, they thought about how to like that side of it. Well. Yeah, the gore and that kind of stuff is really well done, and it does kind of feel as if you're watching a bit of a prolonged slasher film, which is, I mean, this guess is the kind of vibe that they're going for. But I always, you know, recommend it as something good that's relatively low budget. And as each series goes on, they it, it kind it's kind of finding its feet a bit more, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that's one that I would recommend. Cool. All right. Um, and now I know later in the episode, we obviously do have, uh, I've got a few of our audience that have recommended a few and we've been doing that more and more often. So we'll do that a little bit towards the end and talk about some of the ones that people pointed out. Um, but for my number two, uh, I've gone to good old Britain for a one of our, for a number two. <laughs> You've gone to, <laughs> gone Britain, to Britain for a number, number two. two. Record uh, the Blighty yeah. Boys. What we? I can't. I'm try, let me try and see if I. I can't. Midsummer Murders. Maybe, Midsummer. So. <laughs> no, I've not chosen Midsummer Murders. Um, for, the, uh, for our American audience, Midsummer Murders is like a quaint village that seems to have the biggest body count anywhere in the world at yeah. this point. It's run for something like I think it's also like twenty something series yeah. of like episodes. You know, this is a British, so it's like six episodes a series. <laughs> no, man. Oh, no, actually, Midsummer is no, Midsummer, It's more like a soap at this point. I think early yeah. on it was like that, but <laughs> it's a bit soapy. By this now, point, it's like a soap. So yeah, they're just like constant daytime. Like so, that just means they forever run. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm probably thinking now they may be into high hundreds, maybe even thousands episodes at this I point. Like a lot, like. It's, I'd say hundreds must be hundreds. <laughs> We're looking yeah. that up as we speak. Uh, I did not expect Midsummer Murders to be ninety-five. Oh fuck it out! Said, How is that? I feel like it's been running my uh, my entire life. Yeah, I mean, I this was this is Britain, I guess. Midsummer. Like, when we say in Britain, it's been running for twenty years. It's ninety-five episodes. I mean, if, I if a show runs for twenty years in America, it's a thousand and so episodes. I first started watching. Midsummer Murders when I was at school. 1997 was when it launched. You knew I probably was watching John Nettles as your John Nettles is the boy. (laughs) Yeah, of course it would have been John Nettles. 1997. So yeah, we were still when it started. We were like six years old. Yes, (laughs) five or six years old. Yeah. But anyway, (laughs) well, I I guess I've got to finish explaining what Midsummer Murders is. Anyway, it's a small village where basically mid called midsummer where lots of crimes happen and people die this is not my choice by the way um yes it is <laughs> it is now um and basically a detective for some reason the same detective who does not look like a village detective he looks like more like a big city one brought into a small little town but um isn't that the idea maybe he goes I, to a time I mean, midsummer yeah because they just so. have 
any any because it's just midsummer and then any word that's the village midsummer yeah. norton i mean this is much more a detective show not really a horror show even though it's midsummer murders <laughs> it's i class. can't remember if i've ever like I actually can't remember the last time I even ever watched an episode of it, so I don't know, but I can't remember there ever being any blood or real, like, showing death or things like that. It was more like more like one of those crime scene, like, recreation shows, but instead of cut out the main part where the person... Because it's like, this person went missing at this time. This may have happened to them, but we won't show the death because we don't actually know, so we're not going to say we definitely know, but... We saw, you <laughs> saw at least one death each episode. <laughs> But because it was kind of old, it was like old school, like it's around def- the it's watershed. A, it's aimed at an elderly daytime yeah. TV audience. It was kind of like a, you would see a pitchfork going to somebody and then you see the reaction. Or <laughs> I would love know. to know, like, because some of these weird things, like there are people in America who fucking like love EastEnders and stuff like that. Like, Get I'd on. love to know if people like in America, like, I fucking love Midsummer Murders. Yeah, Midsummer Murders. Um, the, the, um, the Pudding Club. That's one episode. That's one episode to watch. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, we start. We start on Midsummer Murders because you made, were making a guess. That that I, that wasn't even your proper guess, was it? What what, what was your proper British get horror show guess? Have you got one? <laughs> no. I'm, that's what I mean. Like, I, there obviously are some. Um, this I know. Dead Set. That was that was decent. Dead Set was one on my list. Yeah, um, Dead Set. Dead Set was good. Uh, Big Brother. Big Zombies, Brother. Big Brother. Ha- it was a well, perfect little setup. For... Yeah, a zombie apocalypse happens yeah. and the people with the real whilst actors. Big, whilst and stuff. Big Brother's going. Yeah, yeah. that was Which, cool. It was a cool concept for a show. It was one of those that led off. Uh, I didn't even think about it. This, I, I maybe put this more sci fi, but it's from the same person who then went on to make Black, uh, Black Mirror, Charlie Brooker. Yeah, Black so Mirror. he went on to do that. So Black Mirror is not also my, not my choice. No, Although it has some horror kind of episodes. It's more of a sci fi. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, mine um, is actually um, from the same people who made the League of Extra- uh, Extraordinary Gentlemen. The League of Gentlemen, which is a very weird British TV oh, I love show. The League of Gentlemen. Uh, you know, really twisted it- humor, incest kind of. Is like, it Psychoville? Uh, it's not Psychoville, although I was kind of going to sneakily sneak Psychoville into there. It's actually their most recent one, which is called Inside Number Nine. Okay. Um, it's not. It is mainly horror. It's not always they change it up. So the the and it's um it yeah you know, it's it's a really like interesting concept for a show where it's an anthology series again, yeah. but it's every episode is based in it's based in it's linked to the number nine basically. So it might be a house that's the number nine, a storage unit that's number nine. It might be a taxi cab that's nine. You know something links it to the number nine for us. So that's kind of their yeah. little doorway into different lives. Um, and yeah, as I said, not every single episode is horror based, but because they've got such a background in love of horror, yeah. Um, Steve Pemberton and is it um, Mark Gattis? Yeah, Mark Gattis. Uh, oh no, actually, this one isn't Mark Gattis. It's the first okay. one we're talking about. It's it's Steve Pemberton and um, I, I'm blanking on his name. The other one, I can't remember. Um, he he is he's the other he's the other. There were three of them. It was Mark yeah. Gattis who did League of It Gentlemen. Yeah. Um, and basically every episode, of, we have this with like our, our number nine episode, but everyone kind of has like, it's like little, it's almost like scenes of a play kind of thing. Yeah. It kind of started out more like that. It's got more elaborate over time because they're now on to like series seven or something like that. So yeah. they've been out for a long time, but it's it's hugely critically acclaimed. They've, I think they've won all the BAFTAs for it and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, And it just has episodes that have kind of like, 
where they can just go and do whatever the fuck they want, like kind of thing. It's any area they want to kind of touch upon. So they had one of their recent ones was kind of where a guy goes on. He's like an extra on a film set. Yeah. And it's like a it's like one of those uh, ITV style crime detective ones that are like just everywhere now. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they make them all the time, like real life versions of the murders. And he's meant to be like an extra, and he's got like one line, and he's like practicing. And while they're like practicing in the, uh, while they're practicing like his line, they put him inside of like what they call the green room, but it's actually like someone's shitty trailer, <laughs> and the family is still kind of in there. So it's a comedy, it's a horror yeah. comedy at the same time. Um, but it's someone's like shitty trailer, and then the more and more he's sat in there and talking about it, and like gets to talk with the, who's the actual main actor on it, who is one of the actors out of line of duty and things like that. Like who's like quite a big actor. He's talking to this weird family who are like sat with him. They're like, they've been paid to sit in the back, but they keep coming back out. And the more and more he sat there and keeps reading, like remembering what it's about and talking to them. Cause they said, Oh, we were there when that murder happened. The more and more it starts to be like, wait a second. Like it starts to sound more and more like they took the child yeah. that, that was murdered kind of thing. And it kind of, it plays out in the episode like that with little parts where it's like him getting more and suddenly he thinks, cause he's in the, he's the extra, but he's like, but what if I'm the one that solves the case kind of thing? Yeah. And he starts like sneaking around and we get these kind of really creepy kind of suspenseful moments where it's like the, the daughter who seems a bit off, like, yeah. you know, um, she's definitely, you know, she's definitely got some kind of like mental, like, you know, yeah. Uh, well, oh, so when I, I mean, get to say that, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, am I going to say the wrong word there? But you yeah. know what I mean. I know what you mean. But, um, I mean, Luke yeah. Gentleman always had that kind of weird, yeah. like, very, not just dark comedy, but kind of like creepiness to it, you know? Yeah. It's like um, a lot of people, like a lot of people might know League of Gentlemen. Not only there was a film of League of Gentlemen, yeah, but it was quite a big hit in other countries as well. Yeah. Um, like, say, Little Britain. And like Little Britain, League of Gentlemen is a show that basically would never get a chance nowadays. No. <laughs> because it is, it literally is like tying someone up in a basement and then the whole um, Stockholm syndrome yeah. and like falling in love and sexual, like being really sexually promiscuous with yeah. like, and you know, and but at the same time, it was in like some of it was in weirdly like positive ways and things like that. It had no worry, the actors had no worry about, you know, about any kind of gender form fluid like it was all present there long before its time kind of thing. yeah they were well aware of like what the underground world of like things where people were like hiding out from things and they brought that out into the public yeah including occasionally like the shop owners who were basically murderers they were basically the west incestors yeah, yeah they were like incest yeah. and like they were basically it was implied that anyone who walked in their shop most of them don't get come back out <laughs> if of the you shop. weren't local yeah you would have to like suck you're one tits. of the locals yes <laughs> yeah. exactly like suck so, babs tits yeah, exactly. Like, it's, 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 I used to watch that when I was young, man. Like, yeah, it was so weird. I loved it. Um, yeah, it was so. Um, it was so strange and weird. Like it has, and it has the same. So with like uh, some of that comes through inside inside, inside number nine. Sometimes it's really weird because sometimes it plays out like a, a drama, like it's actually being serious. Sometimes it's complete weird comedy. Yeah. Sometimes it's full on horror. They had an episode where it was like meant to be a. A TV like this is like a, a, a they did like specific horror Halloween specials and stuff, but they did ones they even did a Christmas one where it's Krampus. Yeah. Um. But there's even ones where it's meant to be specifically um. Like it's it's another like they're on a doc. It's like a documentary for like the horrors. Like there, it's like a crew like your 
paranormal activity kind of like we're going around this studio set where on the, the set of this soap in like 1962 a huge fire broke out and killed all these people yeah but then we get we start to see like and they do the whole camera thing where different rooms and things like that and you get to see like one of the people in there saying oh yeah we're just gonna set up this shit and make it like that and it turned into like thing where you actually start to see if you're watching carefully in the corner like you see one guy just get completely like his face just gets completely torn apart kind of thing. And like all these things start <laughs> yeah. to happen and they're like, holy shit, what the fuck, like what the fuck is going on kind of thing. Um, it's, it's really interesting. They get huge actors in it as well. Well, um, I mean, the League of Gentlemen, it was Reese Shearsmith. That's who it one. is, Reese Shearsmith. Um, they've, I was thinking Reese, I just couldn't remember the last yeah. one. Shearsmith. I mean, they, they have a lot of kind of um, links with people. They're kind of well known for being this, you know, linked in with yeah, dark but, comedy and that all sort of the stuff. actors are, and even yeah. writing, you know. Um, yeah, they are huge in British uh, in British writing and British acting like the the like Shea Smith and Steve Pemberton and uh, like well known right, and then uh, Mark Gattis is, you know, even bigger. The reason he wasn't part of this is, one is because is, he did Sherlock and things like that. Yeah, I think well, even bigger like areas. Yeah, cuz I know cuz I wrote most recently watched Sherlock, but I kind of saw that he was in it, and I was like, "Oh, that's um, that's yeah. <laughs> that, that's Mickey from yeah. League of oh, Gentlemen, God, Mickey with Love with his teeth, yeah." yeah. And then and he I was did, he did Dracula. Recently. He did Dracula. Yeah. He's done Doctor Who. He was oh, in yeah. he was in Game of Thrones. You know, he's and I found that he's done a lot of kind of because I looked at his Wikipedia a while ago, and I found that he did a lot of kind of um. A lot, a lot of writing and screenplays and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. They're the, I mean, they're they're hugely talented, but it is this like if you really like an alternative kind of warped sense of humor in all of their shows, and even linking to say Psychoville, which was not an anthology, it followed lots of different characters, but it did follow one continuous kind of yeah. link and strain. Psychoville was great. You followed like a, a, a t like a clown who used to be the most popular clown in town, and now he's not like for children's entertainment. Who becomes this real bloodlust for other clowns? And yeah, you know, you've got, sometimes you just had like British well-known like Dawn French in just a random episode who was like a an obsessive nanny and things like that. They were all linked in, um, but yeah, Psychoville, League of Gentlemen, and now inside number nine they've got a real streak and it's really good british horror comedy like not all of it i'm not saying all of it is horror but it's all stuff that's got if you've got that warped if you want dark yeah they know dark but they know how to make dark funny as well that kind of like with a real kind of old british you know like uh who's gonna play like what's it the old who's gonna play mother with the tea kind of thing yeah. like that kind of weird old like thing but they twist that real posh britishness into like this weird creepy like the well, person doing it is not the person you want to be pouring yeah. you the tea <laughs> yeah they do that you know they 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 do the other side don't they they do like the weird people like yeah. League of Gentlemen is a perfect example, you know. Oh, it is. Um, I haven't watched it in such a long time, but it's one of those where the more I think about it, the more like, I bet I'd fucking love that. I bet that's so. I probably laugh now because it's so un PC. I laughed what well, I last watched it about five years ago, uh, maybe actually a bit longer, and I was creasing. Um, but it's not only that; it's just so strange. It and is, so yeah. fucking weird. I, well, you know? because when we watched it, when we when I first watched it, I would. We were kids. Yeah. Like, I, it was like, what is this? Watching these, like, you're not local. <laughs> yeah, I, I rented, um, if, you, if you've if you listened to the show, you know I rented a lot of 
VHSs. Um, and whenever I would go and visit my grandparents um, in Devon, there was yeah. a little um, video shop there and they would just let you rent things. And I rented <laughs> like a good shop. Like shirt. a good shop. Shirt. <laughs> you, you could want. <laughs> you that's could basically watch the locals, isn't it? You could look, but you can't buy because you're not local. <laughs> that was basically it. Um, and I rented the League of Gentlemen, when, and I must have been about twelve, ten, maybe thirteen. I don't know. I, was, yeah. I wasn't old. You know, I wasn't old. <laughs> I wasn't old like I am now. I wasn't. Old, I wasn't withered like I am now. But it was. It was classman. But it's that kind of strange. It's just strange and creepy. Yeah, Uncanny Valley, isn't it? It is. Know? If you like, obviously, it's some um, for people outside the UK. Some of it you might be like, "What?" Like, but for us, it, it even have things like the people in the job centre that they kept going back to with really weird, like the yeah. way they treated the people in the job. The guy that was in there just like treated them like absolute shit, basically. Yeah. Like, was just like in the the weird obsessiveness that with some of the other ones where he'd be like, "Oh, you look good," like kind of yeah. like, "What the fuck is going on?" It's just weird. <laughs> it, it? it will kind of mess with your head, but that might have just been because most of it I watched when I was a kid. So you know, no, it still does. But I th- I think it does. I think for most people, it was it was basically if li- Little Britain in comparison was tame. Yeah, <laughs> to, compared to League of Gentlemen, but you can tell where Little Britain got a lot of its ideas from. So, yeah. you, so in the League of Gentlemen, you did have the old Shakespearean thing of men playing women, you know. Yeah. So Mark Gattis played a lot of the women in there that were the focal point, you know. And you did have a lot of that kind of stuff, and you did have these kind of weird, outlandish, larger than life characters yeah. encountering normal people or like you know regular people. So it was fucking weird, man. It's yeah. absolute. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I need to find it and watch it again. Yeah. Well, yeah, as I said, yeah, it's really good. Sorry, <laughs> little bird little monkey. Bird <laughs> we are live on end, uh, and you have disgraced our listeners. That's it. We're done now. It's over. Uh, but yeah, that's. Um, I don't know if you've ever if you watch Psychoville, but Psychoville is really good. And I would say wherever you can find it, it's on BBC, all of them. But the like Inside Number Nine is really like it good. Yeah. Like most like most of the time they knock out of the park each episode is just a different kind of oh that's really interesting like that's a cool different you don't get bored because every episode is different yeah you know it's an anthology series but it's done in a good way it's not like it's every episode though it's like it's not every season it's every episode yeah um your number two so my number two um is yet again another horror comedy um you probably know what it is um, and it, I don't know if I put a horror comedy on the list, so I'm no. going to fail on this one. <laughs> well, it, it, it carries on from a franchise I absolutely love, and it stars an actor I absolutely love, and an icon of the business, and that is Ash vs. Evil Dead. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I was between two shows that you would pick. Ash vs. Evil Dead, actually. When I wrote my little list for you this morning, I... I thought about Ash and Dead, and then I put a different one on because I remembered you a while ago. So I thought you'd talk about one maybe a while ago, and I went for The Strain. Well, The Strain. I did. I remembered how much you liked that. I did love The Strain. um, (laughs) To be honest, I did really like that. That's when I borrowed your borrowed your Now TV for about six months. Yeah, but I remember you saying like you literally binge watched it to get through it because you were worried I'd cut it off. Yeah, (laughs) you're like, I need to finish it before you cut off the the Now TV before you cut off my supply. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I mean that is also a a great shout, and I definitely I would recommend that. I mean, you have you have two strong seasons. You have uh, Benicio del Toro on board. Um, the shame is that it got cancelled um, or it only got renewed for one season so they tried to wrap it up really quickly, um, yeah. really quickly 
So, and a lot of people complained about the third season, but I didn't find it half as bad as people were complaining about. Um, but Ash versus Evil Dead is something I probably only stumbled upon a little while ago, but I've watched it over and over so much. Um, it, I mean, I, lo- I love the Evil Dead franchise. I love the I love the first one. I love any everything that Sam Raimi's done with it. I love the ori- you know, the yeah. remake. And the great thing about this is that it it kind of follows on from two, and it's still thematically is kind of the sim- similar. So you get a lot of grotesque and weird imagery. You get a lot of practical effects. You get a lot of blood, but then you balance that out with this strange kind of character arc that Bruce Campbell's gone on. Yeah. I mean, he was Ash was always very kind of slapstick in two and um, Army of Darkness. Once they kind of re, once they did that kind of, it's it's, it's so straight because isn't it from the Evil Dead when it's played a lot more like yeah straight, and then Evil Dead Two when it's basically it's the same but it's like as if they then twisted it into this is what we can do with a budget yeah this is what we can do if i can get away with putting my strange sense of humor into it kind yeah. of thing. and then ash kind of changed more and more didn't he as he went from army of the dead and kind of the army of the dead yeah, army of, yeah. Army of darkness army of darkness that's the one i thought that wasn't right that's the <laughs> army of the dead's the uh zach snyder yeah uh, but yeah that that kind of transformation but yeah Bruce Campbell's badass is that character. Though. Yeah, and he's great. And they they kind of I don't know the it, it it I know um Sam Raimi as executive producer did have a big hand in it, but it kind of feels as if he was he's shot the he's done it anyway. Um, you have a great cast, so you've got um I'm trying to remember all of their names now. <laughs> you you've got obviously Bruce Campbell. You've got Ruby Rose. I think her name is. Um, trying to think who else you've got in there you've got uh yeah dana de lorenzo as kelly lucy lawless that's it i always oh, think lucy ruby lawless. rose lucy lawless Zena. ray santiago <laughs> yeah Zena. you get ted Raimi coming back yeah. um you have all of these great actors and actresses coming on board uh playing new characters in this franchise and it just it feels like a natural continuation of evil dead 2 and free to an extent, but free obviously ends different. Um, yeah, I've only ever actually seen the alternate ending of Army of Darkness. I've never seen the original ending. I only found this out the other day. Okay. So the in the end of Army of Darkness, in the original, original in the cinematic world, yeah, is when he goes back, and then he goes back to um, Smart or Kmart, and then a deadite comes, and that's when he you know he he says. Welcome yeah. to Kmart, whatever it is. That's why I don't know because I've never seen it. Yeah. The version I've always watched is he takes the potion to sleep and go back and he wakes up in the future. That's the, it, the ending I've only ever seen. So I guess you could say. Neither of them are ringing a bell with me. That's, yeah. that's why I've seen this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess you could say it kind of carries on from it. Yeah. Um, the good thing about it is, even though it, it's from this long living franchise, you don't necessarily have to have any nostalgia. You don't even have to know what's gone on in the previous centuries because it kind of just picks up yeah. and explains things very well. Bruce Bruce Campbell's character of Ash kind of has this um, like onward going trajectory in his character of being like a himbo. You know, he's, he he kind of reminds <laughs> me of like Johnny Bravo almost, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the way he plays it in that way is just... I mean, that's kind of what makes it partially enjoyable. I mean, there is oh, yeah. the fact that he's just so balls to the wall. It's, it. it is. It's just, you know what I mean? It's, it's like a B movie. 
Yeah, but, but like, a high budget, well done B movie. I mean, apart from saying, I'd say maybe the original and the remake, they all are basically yeah. like, and that, let's be honest, Sam Raimi in general, like I know he did, he was, you know, he's only the like an exec, is he executive, he's executive producer? producer. Yeah, so obviously, you know, how, how much he put into this TV, I have no idea. I think he'd had quite a lot of involvement in it. I think he might have even directed a few episodes. Um, but yeah, the, but I mean, Sam Raimi's always kind of been a bit of a B movie, you know what I mean? The, yeah. The film that ours, our title here has been Drag Me to Hell is a very, it's a certain way, but there is a kind of, not everyone would love it because there's a certain style that he does to it that has that kind of B movie. Yeah. Even his Spider-Man movies. Yeah, like yeah. The second one, the second one, like maybe a little bit more refrained, but the first one definitely has a kind of like, there's definitely a kind of cheesiness to it at times that he would have absolutely loved. Yeah, that's one hundred percent intentional. Not a, a poor director being like, "Oh, I don't quite know how to do this," or, or not no, knowing what to he do. He knew with the what he was material. doing. He just liked that kind of style to it. It's the same reason, actually, in even say Spider-Man Two, he has the whole uh, rainbow scheme. <laughs> like, yeah, it's to throw in that kind of oddness to it. Which kind of worked, and it's always worked with Sam Raimi. So, yeah, and with Ash, him being B movie, is perfect. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, inc- I mean, the whole the whole franchise is just, it's just kind of incredible. And Ash versus Evil Dead has this feeling of being fun, but being kind of like you said, kind of B movie esque. I mean, yeah. that's so. Recently, I rewatched the first Spider Man, and yeah. it's. It's still one of the most fun I've had with a superhero film because it just allows itself to have fun. It's it's just like fucking I'm Spider-Man, I'm yeah. fighting the Green Goblin, I'm gonna fucking vibe with this, you know, it's just fun. Yeah, it's it it doesn't take itself like I'm not saying it doesn't I'm saying Tom Maguire's character perfectly kind of grounds it because he can be a little bit more serious. Yeah. But apart from that, the rest of it, like Goblin and stuff like that, it's just like fuck it, let's just have fun with this. Like it's trying to be like what it was in the 60s comics. Yeah, that's what it's not kind of trying to like. be like the modern day comics. It was trying to be, you know, I'm going 60s. I'm going, I'm not going Adam West, Batman, yeah. but I'm going, you know, I'm going fun. Yeah. I'm going light with this and, you know, moments of darkness. Yes. <laughs> back to formula. <laughs> was back the to part formula. Of yeah, like those things that. I think William Defoe is a perfect version of that as William well. William Defoe's like, fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know we love him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but but yeah, no. So that is right there. So with Ash versus the Evil Dead, I am not surprised. Like I've I've seen again. I'm I'm on season one territory. So yeah. I've never finished them. So many series like this that I've never fucking finished. And but that's the thing. Like I I started this because I was like I I was thinking to myself, okay, like Bruce Campbell's back. Great. Um, I heard Sam Raimi was involved, but I was like, how is it going? How, you know, how are they going to do this over a series? You know, and it's because now Bruce Campbell is older and this was kind of, you know, this was around the time or even maybe even slightly before we got this kind of returning hero, you know, where we go back to things like, you know, like if you look at the Star Wars films, you know, um, this nostalgia trip kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, Jurassic World, Jurassic World, that, that kind of stuff. Of, yeah. So I was thinking, how you know, how's this going to work and stuff? And is it just going to be another CGI fest, or what is it going to be? And it's just, I mean, I would, I would say it's as good as the Evil, the Evil Dead films. It feels, it feels so much like this is just a continuation of it. If you'd have told me that Sam Raimi was involved and had done it all, I would believe you because 
the fight scenes we get are kind of full of this almost, you know, B-movie, Schwarzenegger, one-liners. Some of the yeah. writing is amazing, like, you know. Um, uh, there's um, there's a part in it where Ash is saying that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need people. Um, and he's like, you know, I work great on my own. I'm an a lone wolf. <laughs> and, and the woman in the back says, lone wolf. And he's, yeah, you get it, you know. <laughs> and it's that kind of humor where it's yeah. kind of like a bit quirky. And then when we get the, when we get some of the creatures that we fight, the deadites, the practical effects just look incredible. The monsters we find are just creepy and just weird looking. It doesn't hold back on any of the action or the, or the intensity of the other of the films you know we do we see people's heads getting sawed off we see people getting chainsaws in the guts yeah shot we see all of this stuff and it all looks incredible you know shout out to the um the sf sfx team no not the sfx the yeah. vfx visual 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 effects team yeah <laughs> my lingo uh and it's just i don't know it just has this incredibleness to it that it's hard to describe but it's the perfect kind of thing that you can watch it doesn't take itself overly seriously. Yeah, as it, a comedy series. As a comedy series. But no, I can say it's the alpha male, isn't it? He is like an alpha, alpha male. And that's kind of, it, it's fun to watch that kind of character just be because it's also a little bit delusional in his own yeah, brain. It's the but it's like thinks, a caricature of an alpha male. Yeah, I you mean, know? because, because Ash had kind of come to this point where he was kind of come so cocky and so like in his own that he'd get his ass kicked all the time and yet he'd still believe that he's, <laughs> Do it like he, that he's the best thing ever, <laughs> like yeah. that kind of thing. And it's fun to watch characters like that that think they are the best yeah. thing ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's it's what works makes certain characters work. It's things like you know, um, I'm trying to think of like a, another example of certain that use that. Uh, I can think it's like Chris Pratt Star Lord or something like that kind of thing. Yeah, like, kind not of. to that level, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like he he's a cocky asshole and it works. And it's that alpha male that is. There's loads of films like it, but that makes it work. Kind yeah. of thing. Well, and then it, you've got characters around him that I know. I know I've heard loads of stuff about. Like that's what I mean. Like I haven't had enough time to get to know them. But I've heard loads of things about people talking about that the the cast that surrounds him actually makes his character better. Whereas sometimes you have like, oh, we still like this character, but you've brought in characters that are just like shit. Like yeah. that's when these sometimes fail is because you're just like, I don't don't get these characters at all. They they don't match the tone or the actor just doesn't seem to have got it. Yeah. But well, I heard whereas in this case I have heard a lot of good things about the cast that surrounds him are really like strong. Yeah. I know Lucy Lawless is good. I've seen her in other stuff and you know she's not just Zena. She's actually no. a really good actress. Yeah, Lucy again. Lawless is class. Um, um she's been Dan- doing a lot of quite sci fi stuff. So Dan- Dana, Dana, De Lorenzo, Ray Santiago are both great additions to the cast as well. So yeah. you have one um, you know, you have Dana, Dana, who plays uh Kelly, and she's this kind, you know, kind of a just like a fucking badass who kind of doesn't really buy into Ash's shit, but she gets caught into it. And then the opposite of that, you have Ray Santiago who plays Pablo, who kind of does think that that Ash is the best thing, you yeah, know, <laughs> fucking sliced bread, and does kind of praise him. And then, and Ash is kind of like going back to that thing that you said, you know, about him kind of, he, you know, I know the whole thing about alpha males and stuff is now like proven bullshit. But when you get, you get characters that people kind of think are really cool, like Ryan Gosling's character in Drive and you get, and like the Joker and you get, and like Patrick Bateman, you know, 
and you get all these people who are like, oh, this is who I want to be like. This is who I think I am. <laughs> Patrick yeah, you do. You get I'm, people... sure, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you do. People at the gym like matching themselves to, oh, I want to be like that. Probably have never even seen the film. Like, no, but in that the mirror. They stare at Patrick Bateman and they're like, do you know what? Well, you do, yeah, do you do? You get it? And it's that kind of satirical take on it. Yeah. So Ash, you know, Ash thinks he's this great person, but he's kind of like, like he's inc- he's incredibly racist to Pablo. <laughs> but it's like really funny because he's just so oblivious to it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I it's mean, this kind of what stuff. normally makes those characters work is though that that like the ones that work in certain shows sometimes they just come across as completely sexist, racist pigs, basically, and they don't work when they're just that. Like it normally yeah. only works when you give them a little bit more of like a layer that like they obviously don't understand something about themselves, or they don't, or there's kind of like a. a like a sad underbelly of it in it at the same time there's a there's a balancing act and some of them only have lasted because there's that balance now that yeah sometimes they are human and they do care about others and things like that they just are just from the old <laughs> a generation that doesn't quite yeah. get it kind of thing um and then you have ones that are just out and out and then that's when it's like oh no these characters don't work because you made them too much of an asshole <laughs> yeah but another great thing is that you get to see the fallout of the evil dead so yeah because i mean we get it a lot with this kind of returning to these you know 80s and 90s and 2000s films you know we get to see the outcome and it's really interesting to see how going to the cabin and encountering the necronomicon how that has affected ash's life and and the people around him so it's just kind of it's just an awesome thing like it does it just it feels as if it's part of you know it's just another film you know if you'd have, yeah. if it had been made immediately after army of darkness you wouldn't know because yeah. it's it's so evil dead and it just transitions yeah. to it so well i think that what i think is probably because some of the plans that they always had that kind of got cancelled didn't it because it wasn't yeah as successful things like that which um, is kind of madness really um but it is you know i mean but even this didn't because this got cancelled as well didn't it so yeah after the third season didn't it so yeah. sadly i know a lot of people were disappointed with that um it's one of those ones that just didn't quite make it i know there was a there was another show called stan versus evil yeah um which I've is heard very in similar evil. style with john c mcginley uh dr cox at scrubs yeah uh, which i heard was also like hugely well rated not exactly the same as this because that was more of a guy who like was completely out of like his death yeah. but i heard that was also also very similar similar kind of low budget market network that had made the show yeah. as well um so i've heard that that was a, that was also a really good but that only lasted two seasons as well before it got cancelled so yeah um and well, i think the only reason that ash versus from what i heard the only reason ash versus evil dead even made it to a third season is because it had such franchise recognition it's yeah pushed it and then they were just like oh, we can't keep doing it sadly people weren't coming out to watch it on the actual network yeah. as a shit thing but this is what we tend to find nowadays. People don't watch it on the network, but then you go onto something like where it streams and people watch it all the fucking time. Like, um, I, there's no balance anymore. Like once yeah. network makes it, and then you've got to kind of pray that somewhere, if they do cancel it, picks it up. Because it's like, well, it did amazing numbers for us, but... Uh. No. And there's always hope that Netflix might pick it up or somebody, because there is an Ash versus Evil Dead game coming out, yeah, um, which has got to cover the whole of the franchise. Um, characters from it, yeah, it's awesome. And, and the you... same people who made uh, uh, not Friday, Friday the Thirteenth the game, isn't it? No, it's not. It not? It's not made by them. It's oh, made by somebody else. No. Um, but you've got and you've got a lot of the 
returning characters coming back to who have given their likeness and their voices yeah. and stuff like that. So it could that could help breathe new life. Well, there is a new Evil Dead, though, isn't there? But it's not following the same. It's it's a female. Yeah, there is a another. But it's yeah, still Sam a... Raimi's part of that one as well. I think. Yeah, I think he's. So it's, I don't of... know. It's gone in a different direction, or whether people don't know whether actually he might be. It just might not have been revealed yet that he is part of it. We don't know. But yeah, I wouldn't necessarily expect if they're making another film for it to be the same comedy no, as that mate. one. I've heard it's upset in an apartment block, and it's got to be yeah returning. But to I heard the it is more. Well. Yeah, we'll it out. is more a sequel to the originals than it is the remake. Also. Yeah. So I don't know. That's really confusing as to what way it's going to go because <laughs> it's like okay, if it's the original, well, most of the originals are kind of comedy. Yeah. So is it a remake to the original original kind of one or what we're we doing? Before it was remade as a the same film but with a higher budget, you know, it's it's, it's yeah. a confusing timeline of uh, Evil Dead, but then most horrors like that have a confusing they time. Do. They do unfortunately. Man. Um but your your um Ash versus the Evil Dead and what you were mentioning, I, I was going to jump in, but I was like, ah, I'm not going to jump into mine. But even though the point you were making was a perfect little segue for going into my number one choice. Well, let's go into it. Um, so um, mine does go more into a popular one, but a popular one that's been off the air for a very long time now. Um, and the things you said about comedy yeah and the things you said about the perfect like the way that they do the special effects and stuff like that and the action perfectly blending together um and it's buffy the vampire slayer oh class i mean buffy the vampire it holds a place in my heart purely because i that it was our generation that grew up when we were still kids that would have been watching it on like yeah good old bbc2 after that like it was literally it was on after like the simpsons at a time when now that i watched it back i was like Actually, some of it's pretty fucking scary to be on at like six six thirty at night. Was actually yeah. pretty like damn. That's actually because I knew people who used to like. I had friends who like if they'd come around, I'd be like, I'm watching The Simpsons, and then they watch that. They would shit themselves. Yeah, like, and be like, no, I'm not. I'm not staying. Like, I'm not watching this. Like, I used to have to turn it off because I have a fuck's sake, they don't want to watch it. Uh, whereas I absolutely loved it. I mean, yeah, I love. We know my history of horror films, so we know why I like, <laughs> yeah. even at like age I don't know seven or eight or whatever I was at that point like why I would have been like, yeah, this is fucking great. It's so good, man. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, have you watched it? Because I, I, I remember years ago, you said that you were watching it and you were getting through. Did you watch it all the way to the end? I didn't. I, I will have to admit, I loved the first few seasons. I loved the one with the master. That was fucking class. Rip to the master, master. my boy. Master was, that was, that was, was the one. first season. Yeah, and then, badass. Yeah, then you had Spike came in. Spike was Spike. class. Absolutely. Spike's amazing. <laughs> Spike is the epitome of the like early 2000s late 90s kind of look oh, yeah, he's the most like of the 90 i'd say he is by far like the most iconic of that like era of vampire kind of thing like yeah. the look of him the style obviously it's billy idol as a vampire but still it's bad yeah and the the nice thing is that that character also um to kind of jump is that that character of Spike goes on such a good journey. Yeah, he show. gets a good character. He changes. Arc. He's he's a he is the worst of the like he, not not like the worst, but I mean, is he is like he is an evil son of a bitch when he is full on. Yeah, like, when he's uh, evil, when he's he is evil. evil, he was full. And this was what was good is that even when he started to kind of get a conscience and he got his soul back and things like that, he still wasn't not evil. They kind of learned that lesson. They, they can't just suddenly be oh he's a nice guy, like he wasn't like. We had Angel, obviously, is that where who yeah, used to be Angel. really Angel used to be really evil early on, and he wasn't. Yeah. He was when he was a bad guy. Again, he really worked. But the difference is that Angel, when he wasn't, 
he just came across as like the nice, like <laughs> the, the nice boyfriend material, like bad boy, but but bad boy, but boyfriend material. Yeah, kind of, that kind who of doesn't bad love choices. Who doesn't love a bad boy? Uh, whereas Spike was pretty much still a complete like self-centered asshole, but he had that redeeming, like just like like ah kind of thing. He became this character that was yes, he was an asshole, but at the same time, when he was good, he became the person who would make he would make the right choice kind of thing. Yeah. So you rooted for him because you were like, you love to hate him. And then it kind of turned more into Axe. I fucking love it more than most of these other characters. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, the one thing is, this is Josh Whedon, who's now in, he's now in jail. Not like in the, he's in jail. Not in jail. He's like in the, uh, the cancel culture jail or whatever. You know, he's done some well, a lot shit. Came, uh, Yeah, a lot yeah, came not, out. Not, I'm not saying that's for bad reason. I'm just saying that that's, he's, he's definitely been a part of that kind of, you know, like Me Too, things like that, cancel court, like all of that kind of... It's not James Gunn, is it? No, Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon, that's it. Always... James Gunn I... got it, but James Gunn, like, there's two opposites. Like, Josh Whedon's got it for basically being a complete asshole on sets. And, yeah. And the kind of things he said towards women, even Sarah Michelle Gellar's come out and said I... he felt uncomfortable being yeah. on set with him. I think, I know Whereas Chris... James Gunn was fucking... He's, he's, he was sort just... of inappropriate jokes on Twitter, like, five years, and he used to be a stand-up comedian who was known for being, you know, kind of out there. Yeah. So all of that stuff came up. That's a big difference. And this is where cancel, this is where like cancel culture has a bit of a problem where it's like, is that the same? You know, you're gonna ruin someone's career for a joke he made twenty years ago. Okay. But you're also comparing them to someone who's basically sexually molested someone. Yeah. Those are the same people and they tend yeah, to it's get kind of, it's, it's a... like it's like one way, like, and this is why our like we're a little bit kind of messed up with our social media and food. like like that's the way the world's kind of fucked in that way yeah because like some of it's really good positive but then sadly some people like james gunn get mashed in with that and it's just like just because you did something wrong you can't learn from a mistake now when it comes yeah. to like josh whedon's side of things where it's a little bit more on like actual inappropriate like touching things like that then yes yeah then yes i understand you definitely stay away but when it's the other side when it's like if we make a joke, so if you made a like, if you made a racist joke ten years ago and on Twitter and you forgot about it, it's like you lose your job tomorrow. Yeah. Like, is that fucking fair? Like, if I, people, yeah, can we not when learn young, from the yeah. fact that when we're young, we've made like, there's quite a few people who've lost things because when they were young, they made a joke when they were like eighteen on Twitter, and now that they're an adult and they're like, I don't know, actor, or producer, or whatever they are on a show. And I then, think it was on a show like The Flash. Like he. One of them lost his job because he was like 15 and made a joke on Twitter about something that was like about disabilities. It's shit. Yeah. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't do. And you know, but, but it's also like, come teenagers on. Teenagers are always trying when to. When you're edgy. a teenager, you're, you, you make stupid choices. That's it. Everyone has. It's like, I'm sure people yeah. have made stupider choices than putting that on social media. Probably yeah. people that like <laughs> ran someone down in their car or so, you know. Yeah. I, know. I still know what you did last summer. Yeah. Style. <laughs> I do. I did hear about the Josh Reed and stuff because I think. Um, I I know there had been there had been kind of the rumors circulating about it, but that's Hollywood, isn't it? There's yeah, always rumors. There's always rumors of it. Yeah. It's the you know it's the worst kept secret. Yeah. But then I think it was Charisma Carpenter who played... back in the day she yeah, she absolutely well yeah. there was um, I know with her yeah she was basically there was a whole like her um, what's her name's character's name. Um, Cordelia. 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 So she was. Um, she leaves Buffy and goes to Angel, the spin-off, 
and then she gets like fired, like she gets written out like midway for a season, just oh, randomly. Shit. I didn't know she went to Angel. Either. Yeah, so she was a key character in Angel, and she was like a ma- like main character, oh, and she was apparently such a better character on that show. They'd kind of completely turned around, and then in like one episode, they make a do something like. Angel has a son who's like really inappropriate age, and they wrote it so that she has she sleeps with the son and then dies. <laughs> like it's like, and it was a basically, and then like now years later, she was like, he wrote that as a fuck you because I wouldn't do certain things kind of thing. Like so that's uh you know it's really fucking. Weird. I don't I haven't watched Angel. I did want to watch it purely because I know that like Spike is in the show something like for quite a bit of it as well, and you know because I really like Buffy. Um, so that? I don't know. Come out with your. Some people I've even heard say Angel was better than Buffy. So I, I heard it was shit. <laughs> I mean, but it, it got cancelled and didn't get an ending, unlike. Buffy, whereas Buffy had a Buffy does have an ending, and it does have a very action-packed, cool ending, and so, uh, which has some some parts where some characters do some main characters do die in really not the best way. Like one of them dies really like quickly, and it's really like oh really like that's a bit. And then the character, I I don't know. You haven't watched the ending, so I feel like I can't do no, spoilers. Well, we were... Everyone listening probably like, I know that like this was twenty years old. Yeah, but no, it <laughs> but yeah, a character dies, and it's like another character's meant to be like the husband, and it's like. He doesn't really give like he doesn't seem to suddenly give a shit. He's like at the end, they're like looking over Sunnydale and things like that, and it's just like, okay, that's happened, but you don't seem to care that your wife died like twenty minutes ago and she's gone. You don't seem sad like yeah, it happened but, so quick, but it's brutal as well, violent, like oh, really damn. violent. But um, but yeah, it's got so many good characters. Oh yeah, it's got amazing. I can't lie, so the whole thing that started on that whole tangent with Josh Whedon is because. Yeah, it's it's separating things. You know, it's separating the real personal life from the ability as a writer, director, things like that. And I'm not saying that means that he should get to keep doing this thing. Yeah. I just mean, like, you can't... If someone does... Like, it's like Whitney Houston was a fantastic performer, but her personal life was a fucking mess. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, her music is amazing, but I'm not going to then be like, oh, she did cocaine, like, every day. Yeah, she, she should, We shouldn't listen to her music. All, all I'm not going to say that. Um, yeah, so yeah. Josh Whedon's... His writing in this is fucking awesome. Like his actual write, like the, the the script, the dialogue. I mean, the characters like Xander is like again Xander. Another his as a as a personal life as an actor now. He's fucking god, and also his life's a fucking mess. Like he's a complete train wreck. But yeah, I know he as fell that off. Character back in the day. I think he. I think he is actually just been put into prison just oh. recently. <laughs> um, yeah. So for whatever offense he's done. Um, but um, but. Xander, I mean, fucking hell, this is from the very first episode. I was like, I fucking love this guy. Like, he goes up and down throughout the show, yes. But if you look at the very first couple of seasons, Xander's fucking hilarious. He's like he's like Matthew Perry and Friends Chandler. He's yeah, sadly. quick-witted. He's fucking hilarious. You want to be him? Yes. His character arc, he becomes a little bit more needy as it becomes more like things like who he's going to stay with and who he's going to be with, things like that, up and down. Um, but, um, yeah. So... Him, Willow, I mean, fucking Alison Hannigan uh, yeah. as Willow. I mean, she's all, she's so amazing. She goes she's... from, she goes from this timid creature to one of the best episodes is when she turns into Dark Willow. When yeah. She turns into, like, we say Dark Willow. It sounds kind of cheesy when mm-hmm. I say it like that, but she literally, she literally, because of the guy who, one of the, there's like a group of nerds kind of thing, and because they kill her partner. She he she literally strips his skin off of him, nice. and you get to see the literal. But I was like, holy shit! They actually did the. I was expecting it to cut away. That actually, you see his skin turn inside out. 
Oh, awesome. It was like fucking up. It's an awesome to like. It's awesome when he becomes that. Oh, there you go. Anthony Head is fucking. Anthony uh, Head is. Oh. Um... Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, I'm blanking as well. It's not Charles. No, no. This is this is not a character. I for... Giles. Giles. That's it. Giles. I don't forget yeah, Giles. Giles is fucking. I love Giles. Like Anthony Head is awesome as Giles. I think towards the end he did. He's not in it as much in the last couple of seasons. But then this. That's where. Um, that's where we get a little bit of with um, when the characters start to get older, start to get a bit harder. You're not in high school anymore. You're not yeah. in college. We haven't got a set set place for you anymore. So now that you're adults, it's like, what do you do? Where do you get? You know, what do we do with you now? Yeah. What are we going to do with your characters? And it is when they start to have to deal with um, real adult decisions. Um, but yeah, I mean, the makeup design on the vampires, I think, is just the way they do it. It's like iconic. That kind of vision. Yeah. That that leaked off into films and stuff like that, where it had been taken from like early films, but it's very much like the Nosferatu kind of back in the yeah. day, where they've taken that kind of and turned it into the fact that their faces change. So you can clearly see. So it, this isn't like your Twilight vampire, where it's nope, you don't, you're exactly the same. Right? Yeah, it, but, it, the second that they change is the vampire. It's like. That, that face is you know the, the the wrinkled around the nose kind of thing the teeth, yeah. the teeth come out the eyes change and it was so bad and it's so well done for a tv show and it was there's a reason like it came in right around the time like a few years into the show when special effects were really starting to go over from from film into more tv so you were getting more cgi and tv and stuff like that um but weirdly enough um I'd say almost that actually sometimes affected it a little bit because their practical effects were on such a high form that, you know, they didn't need to worry themselves with, you know, CGI and stuff because they were so good (laughs) at what they did with practical effects. Like we had um, Seth Green as like the werewolf. Yeah, Seth, I remember uh, that. Werewolf. He was badass, even though sadly he was only in it for like a A couple of seasons. Yeah, and then he he just disappears really quickly. Like sadly, I think that's when his career kind of took off a little bit. Yeah. when Seth Green was in lots of movies, like yeah, if you remember back the, in the day, you know it, uh, the Italian job and without a paddle and all that, all those kind of things. Yeah. You know, he, a few years he was like uh, Justin Long or yeah, you know long, or Ashton Kutcher. Like when the, Ashton Kutcher lasted a bit longer, to be fair, yeah, because uh, he's far better looking than the other two lads, <laughs> to be fair. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, but, yeah, but still for those guys, him. they very much they had their time. You know, yeah, it was that kind of era of Seth Green where he was at at one point a you know, not a full on A, but a B movie stuff like that. No, he did A movie, but he was not the full B. He was getting a lot of work as kind of supporting characters and stuff like that, wasn't he? Yeah. In as as and, comic relief mainly. And I mean, I mean, the other figures. I mean, for some people, probably what stunted because let's be honest, let's go with the key one, Buffy the Vampire. Sam yeah. Michelle Gellar was awesome. I mean, Sam Michelle Gellar. Probably for some people out like there, if you were. Around our age, Sarah Michelle Gellar is like one of the first ones. Like, holy shit, look at her! That yeah, like, sexual awakening a... is like, holy shit, look at her! Everybody had a crush on Sarah. I I always liked um, Charisma Carpenter and uh, Elijah Dushku. As oh, Faith. Elijah Dushku, yeah. I was never that keen on uh, Cordelia. I was I she always had that like tanned kind of fake kind of like. Uh, yeah, I liked it. But <laughs> but anyway, this was yeah. So this was yeah, and this was on uh, yeah, exactly. This was on at like six foot and night in tight leather kind of clothes sometimes, and <laughs> like this battling. Um, and there was a lot of like sexual context in this show as well. Um, but it just is for me as as this was a network TV and things like this. But for me as a as a long running as a long running for season, seven seasons, 
I mean, I know a lot. There's there's the X Files. There's you know, like yeah. I said, the Walking Dead, the Stranger Things, because that. But I don't think in terms of just a fun horror kind of thing, adventure action series. I just don't think anyone's ever... They've tried to do a, a very similar thing. Because, it, yes, it's a bit teen. Yeah, it kind of mixes teen know, drama, doesn't it? But it has, you know, it has some... Amazing, martial you know, arts fight scenes. But and... it's just... There are some scenes, and I literally just... I think back to it and think, like that. There's the, there's the episode with the, 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 the silent twin guys. They're yeah. tall and things. Which is so fucking scary. But it's also so fucking funny. It always makes me laugh when I think of the scene when it has she loses her voice. Uh, Buffy, yeah, and it has the it has it has the scene where she goes to do what she thinks is the uh, symbol for staking yes. someone, and then she like looks at herself and goes, "Shit, that's for like that's wanking, like kind of thing." Yeah, yet again, and then they're all looking at like, "What are you talking yeah. about?" Because they were just talking about a guy a second ago. So it's like, "What are you doing tonight?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's just it's just moments like that that just it, it it's heartbreaking at times. It's scary. It's it could be really scary at times. Um, it had a range of different monsters that made you. It had a cast that were just actors that were all fantastic. Like most of the time, there was rarely ever like link like weak links in it. You know, we had some seasons where the main villain sometimes maybe wasn't completely up to par. Um, and lots of people hate her sister when her sister came in. That's when I stopped watching it because I found her sister just so dry. And by then, yeah. I just kind of lost interest. But it was still. I think there is five there's or a six season series, based yeah. around her, and then it's the season after. But then there's one. I don't. Did you ever see the one when her mum dies? Yeah, but by then I was kind the of the body. Like I just think that was that's literally one of my favorite episodes of TV that's ever been done. I'd started to clock out by then, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that's in the in the season with her sister. Yeah, I, th well, I think that's the second to last season. I think. Yeah, I'd um, started to, to. That's when it had gotten to more like, oh, we've actually got to deal with real life after that, and then after that, Buffy kind of has to become the parent, and it kind of it has to deal with a lot of like adult life deal problems now. Um, but yeah, that episode there that I was watching, I'm not. That's not a scary episode. That is the one of their dramatic episodes. But that episode where she has to react to the fact that her mum's dead, and in a series where everyone everyone gets killed, people get killed all the time, but by random mysterious monsters and vampires. Yeah, and yet her mum's just lying there, and it becomes like scary in a completely different way. Of this is how it could happen. You could just come home and find your your mum, your dad, your partner, like just there. She's yeah. just lying on the sofa. And she's dead, and she imagines a version where actually her like they come she in and they can her, save yeah. her. But then she's on the phone, and she says to them like she's cold, and they just go, "Oh, she's the, their tone on the phone changes completely the same." She says she's cold. Oh, okay, they'll be with you soon. Like there's nothing yeah. else they can say. It's like she's dead. That like that is just like an amazing episode. But then, as you said, like the master in season one is scary. Like even if you were just binge watching the first season, you'd get it horror enjoyment purely yeah. out of that. Um, yeah, that's my number one. It's I I, I, I could talk and talk about Buffy. Oh. I think it's great. <laughs> I know you can. You know. Yeah, you it's uh, your turn for number one. What's your? I think two? you already know what my number one is, man. I mean, it's 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 got to be Mads, right? Yeah, it's my it's, it's, it's my Hannibal, Mads. Right? It's it Hannibal. It is I, one of my favorite. I got two series. points there. Two out of three. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> it was one of my. It's just one of my favorite seasons. Um, and one of my my favorite shows in general. Um. It's hard to to kind of talk about it. Um, it it's one like it's um, Hannibal. A, uh, like we have this is a nice one where we've both watched beginning to end, so we can yeah. talk about this one clearly. Um, and um, it is 
it is just such a, a good. I mean, Mad Mickelson is amazing. Mm. Um, well, but, where do we? That's like, the thing. Where do we start with this? I, I mean, mean, I was what I was just thinking was there are a lot of people out there who I know who watched it and they yeah. only watched part of the first series and gave up. No, because part of the first there is a there's a there's a big change over this where. It was on a standard network, which sadly it never sh- it should have been made yeah. on fucking HBO or something, and it would have ran and ran and ran then. But sadly, they put it onto a standard American network, NBC, which did not know what the fuck to do with a show like no. this because this show is dark, weird, realistic, and gritty, and it's so psychologically it's so, scary, it's and, so grand, oh, and yeah. Like it's just it does not look like anything that's ever been on a network TV show because it is made like a high profile like HBO show. It is, and I have no idea why someone didn't get it. Brian Fuller, who always gets fired from his fucking jobs, or or when he does keep stick around, gets his show gets cancelled. But if you watch the first season, the first season is vastly different than where the show goes. Yeah, the first few episodes are very. Uh, killer of the week. Yeah, well, I mean, most of the, um, the which I don't of... mind. I don't mind, but I know no. some people just thought, "Oh, this is just then. This is like every other procedural cop show." Yeah, on TV. and it starts off a, a little bit like that about this proceed. It kind of does start off as one of these procedural kind of. Oh, is this a bit like the wild? Is yeah. this a bit like something like that? But... So Will is very like, and Will is kind of like where you've got like I don't, know, I, don't I don't watch most of those kind of shit. I don't like those procedural American ones, you know, Neither like CSI, Mentalist, whatever. Where it's got like it's not like the Mentalist, where it's like he's got some kind of gift that he can recognize it. I think you know, yeah. And this is kind of what the Will character for some people kind of if they don't even watch the first bit, like oh, it's just like it's kind of like a creepy horror version of that where he's got this kind of higher ability to understand the killer kind yeah. of thing. It's like well, no, that's not that's that's a basic boring version of what it is. But one thing the show always had right from the beginning, and this is where people I know some people got turned off, is because. It's got such like the whole um, I was about to, the whole antlers like the whole yeah the whole visual the whole visually I mean the show is beautiful yeah, from the very beginning amazing it's like the cinematography is like a, a film cinematography it's yeah. gorgeous um, and that what I mean the antlers are but if you don't give it your chance to get it then it becomes a really weird like what the fuck is going on this is meant yeah. to be a cop this is meant to be a a detective show where they solve the murder of the film. It's like, no, well, that's not, you're being too basic with a show. Yeah, all this is supposed to be Silence of the Lambs, you know? Yeah. And it's this weird kind of thing where, uh, I mean, season three and four, you know, do get do get to um, Hannibal and Red Dragon. Yeah, they do. And both of those, for me, are done better than the films. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, it kind of, it's about this, it's I mean, it's hard to describe. I mean, each of because you do for the first, you know, potentially, you know, first season and a little bit in the second, you do get a bit of the, you know, killer of the week and who is this person and and each person and each of the killers are really interesting. And the, it's this kind of ex- exploration of human, you know, the human psyche and all of this kind of stuff. But then it's also the background relationship about. Will Graham, who's played amazingly by Hugh Dancy. Mm. Um, and then you get the introduction of, um, you know, Mads Mikkelsen, who he's, you know, he's my favourite Hannibal Lecter. But I think because he was so different to what people expected, you know, he's he's not the jumpsuit wearing, you know, mask wearing 
Hello, yeah. Clarice. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not over the top. He's he's like a, well, he's like your real therapist. He'll sit there quietly and like, <laughs> your real yeah. therapist. Like, I don't have a therapist. Uh, we, yeah. It's not really something we have. Like, I know lots of people do have them, but uh, I know in America they're, they're quite a popular thing. Yeah, they are. We 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 bottle it all up and then we die. <laughs> yeah, we die. <laughs> uh, but no, man. he's he is very much that though, isn't he? He's the he's this silent, calculating, listening. And yeah. he's not hamming it up. He's not over the top or anything no. like Anthony Hopkins, which is not like Anthony Hopkins was perfect for his role in Silence of the Lamb because he had like eight minutes of screen time. Is it something yeah. like that? In the end, it works out something like that. He didn't have much. You know, in that kind of situation, you've got to make it, you've got to do something to make yourself stand out and make him scary. Yeah. You know, whereas now, you've this got is a TV a season. series. We've got 13 episodes. We've got a slow build. And at first, it even. Even you as the person watching are like, I know this is Hannibal Lecter. And at the same time, for some reason, why is my mind still making me like, not just like this guy, but also my mind's making me think, is he actually going to be the killer? Because yeah. like, like everyone else doesn't know it. And you kind of sometimes get lulled. And that's how strong the performance yeah. is that you're kind of like, I like him. And I, why do I kind of feel, I feel like I'm not, you're not actually going to be the, yeah. the, the murderous Hannibal Lecter. Why like, do I want to be friends with this yeah. guy? And, I want to go to dinner with you. Yeah. I don't want to go to dinner with you. Why do I want to go to dinner with you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we do, we get this, we get, um, I mean, the cast itself is just incredible. So we get Hugh Dancy as Will Graham, um, who does, for me, does a much better performance than Edward Norton. Um, I can't remember who plays him in. Yeah, I mean um, that. Yeah, I mean Red Dra- Red Dragon. Although a completely watchable one, is not an amazing. Um, the yeah, is not an amazing adaptation of that it, story no. in a way. Um, it's it, not. It's not got the best director behind it either. To be fair, no. But then uh, Brett Ratner's not great. Yeah, but then we also obviously Mads Mikkelsen, as we've touched on. You get Lawrence Fishburne, who um, Fishburne, who is a much who yeah, who's always reliable. But not only that, but he. He like he could always he can pull out a good performance, you know, and he can pull out a great performance. Yeah, and it, uh, he Lawrence Fishburne is almost he he almost strikes me as like wine, you know. Hmm. Like if you watch his earlier stuff, um, he, he like Dream Warriors, and when he started to get roles, he he was good. And then when you watch him in stuff like uh, Boys in the Hood, yeah. you know, he's incredible. And then. As Morpheus, you know he's great, and then you kind of you he's kind like, of always he, he think matures he, like a fine he, he matures wine. like a fine wine. He just yeah. gets better, and his role is um he, uh, does, he does get better. I'd even say in a way that the, the man gets better looking. <laughs> yeah, the man does get better <laughs> the looking. Man gets better. He's with age. I don't know. I think that guy, like you look at him, Hannibal, and you're like damn, that guy's it, it, like even though he's got like the, the he's got facially he's got like you know skin like um from like I think. Scars and things yeah, like that, scars. Uh, but he's still like, damn, you put like, whereas younger, it like looks a bit like strange on him, whereas yeah. he's older, it's like, yeah, look at that guy, he's looking, and the whole cast, and is... he looks like Lawrence Fishburne. I don't know why, in Hannibal, I always thought, like, damn, that that dude looks like he looks like he could basically take out that entire room by himself, he looks butch, <laughs> and that's it, he, he, his character just commands he is so a macho much. character in this show. like it's a show that hasn't really got masculinity i'd say in a way well, like he is the masculinity it, of this show because it plays with this whole like that's what the is thing. masculinity it plays with this whole is, idea of masculinity know, even, of relationships it even gets like borderline homoerotic it which does, I, between which them. I said this to anna um when we watched the new trailer for the new top gun yeah i was like people 
Top Gun was made special, not by its jets, <laughs> not by stuff like that, but by its homoeroticism, man. Like, and this film doesn't have much in it. <laughs> the trailer doesn't have any. There's not a, you're just totally, you're like, where's the fucking beach ball scene? There's, there's a beach ball scene in it, but... Is there it, a new one? Trailer? I saw a dude with his top off playing beach ball. Okay. So, I was but, say, it's, not, it's not Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not Tom Cruise. <laughs> but it kind of, it didn't, this film does play with this weird kind of relationship. And if you, like, I'm I'm part of a Hannibal meme group. And the people in there always <laughs> put memes about, you know, um, Hannibal and um, Will being in a relationship and stuff like that. And, I mean, yeah, I think um, Brian, is Brian Fuller gay? I think he is. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it does have this, um, you know, this kind of thing about what is a lot of people. A lot of, stuff, of people you know? hope, a lot of people like, oh, in season four, that definitely would have, where it would have gone like that. Well, you're thing, thinking, but... like, you either need to kill each other or you need to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two is I happening. Mean, but that is it. It's, it's, it's that kind of relationship taken to its very far. It's, it's like what people say, like, with, like, the whole, you know, um, Batman and Joker is yeah. like you've got this pent up because you're basically like perfect for each other. Yeah, you're... so it's kind of this built up like you're actually what each other a part of what each other wants. Kind yeah, of thing. that's it. You, <laughs> it's it's like complete. It's like other halves, isn't it? Yeah, but not like. But then not saying because is... I think if you look at the character of like Will and stuff like that, like it's the same. Like you've got this kind of sexual tension, which is what makes this work so well. Is the two yeah. actors, Hugh Dancy and Mad Mickelson, just. They just, I mean, they're their incredible chemistry together. is amazing together. And I think that's why it works so well, because when you've got two men that are on this level of chemistry, it's hard not to start thinking like, oh, this is like when two people should be like together kind of thing. Even though if you look at the character of Will and stuff like that, it doesn't actually ever, I don't believe that that would have been a good way for the studio. No, I don't think it would. Because it doesn't make sense with Will as a character. Mads, I'd completely believe that he's whatever he wants to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I believe that that Hannibal Lecter would do whatever he wants. He just he wants to lay pipe. You know? you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. It's just it's this idea of the relationships and that they, yeah, it's it's kind of Batman and Joker almost. You know where they're not they need each other. Yeah, and they're not, and it's it's I mean, frenemies. Show, it's when do, yeah. it's crossing the line between being enemies and then needing each other to function. Almost, it's yeah. very weird. With like Red Dragon, the books and things like that, it brings them together quite well. But this show kind of takes that will and kind of brings out much more of to that character i think yeah. i think this show probably even more than the original novels brings two characters together in a much more pro- even more interesting way than even the no- original novels yeah thought of the characters and um, because obviously will is a character that only is mainly red dragon he's red dragon like, you know what i mean the other ones are different characters they're yeah. all clarice actually yeah they are and yeah they've taken several stories that are clarice's stories as well like hannibal and twisted it into a will story and a yeah. will thing, but still kept, still kept the main ideas of and what the happened. main theme and the essence. They've just removed and like if you've seen the Hannibal film, I'd actually almost say that to be fair, in the Hannibal film, you could have removed Clarice from that story completely, and, and it didn't really make a huge difference. Not really, no. Like, and whereas in Will, in this one, is still bringing the the world that they've created with the Hannibal series so far. Whereas whereas Hannibal's off living a completely new story and a new life. Yeah, and that's that's how they nicely meld it together. Uh, whereas, yeah, like the Julia, the yeah Julianne Moore one, well, she's yeah. just not really like. I'm I'm watching the Hannibal story, and this part's quite good. But any part that involved Clarice in that story was kind of what brought that film down. It wasn't just that Anthony Hopkins was pushed more into the screen, as we've I think we've said this in the past that the more he had, the more it was like you should have stayed as a side character, not yeah. as a front. 
Whereas in this case, Mads, it's like, yeah, it takes as much time as you want. Mate. Yeah, it gives. And then, watching, like... <laughs> yeah, but then not only that, you get um, Caroline uh, Davenas, who's who's also great as Alana Bloom, yeah. uh, Hettini Park, Lance Fishburne, who we spoke about. Um, and then you get Gillian Anderson in it, who's... Yeah. Um, I, I didn't. I wasn't that key. She was the only one of them that I li- I really liked Jelly Jansen. Uh, I I felt like she was very much playing to a type that I'd seen her play so many times that like she was the only one where sometimes I was like, yeah, I I like her, and she had a good bounce off with Mads kind of thing. Yeah, oh, I loved her in it. Um, um, and uh, we also had. Uh, but then we get Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt, as, yeah. Um, as uh, Mason Mason Verger, who I loved the first that. Mason Verger though because. He didn't reprise it for the second part of Mason. Yeah, he didn't, did he? But I loved. I mean, Michael Pitt was great. And... He was really creepy. I thought. Yeah, and I think because I read the books, and I think he read into a bit more like that. But then we also get Eddie Izzard, who's oh yeah, yeah like, absolutely yeah, great he in was it. A brand new, like created character, but he's nice that he is kind of he's Will's that gets to have a look. He's like a he's like Will gets to properly see a killer kind of on the yeah. loose, whereas obviously Hannibal is in the background. So. Will gets to kind of see what how this could really play out and gets to kind of and Eddie is odd luckily for him as uh, Gideon is it Gideon Abel Gideon a- Abel yeah Gideon. Uh, he gets to have that kind of he almost gets to be Eddie Izzard is almost Anthony Hopkins almost isn't he yeah in this show yeah he's almost the closest we get to that version of a Hannibal he kind is, of thing. Isn't he? like he's he he's using that and it's nice actually because we get that balance to see why that could work a little bit like he's only in it in little parts yeah but you get that nice bounce off um, and then um, we also get another scream queen who i've loved since being a very young boy um catherine isabel you know oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. as uh, uh, margot version and, and i mean so the casting is just brilliant some some of the imagery is just fantastic but then there's also just the level of gore is just doesn't hold yeah. back and it doesn't restrain itself. No, it. Th- this was the thing that was like, and this is why it was kind of so hard to kind of, I think, sell because they'd made this show and it was just like visually that nothing like she would normally be on network TV. And then graphic details was like, fuck, there's never been anything of this level of gore like on TV. And it's not even like necessarily like where it's blood pouring out, like not in the beginning anyway. No. It's more like opened up bodies and things like that. Just disturbing. More anatomy, I think, is how yeah. they got away with it. Because it's like, well, this is just human anatomy. Maybe with a deer's head on top of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but and there's other weird kind of grim stuff in it, like the. I'm just trying to think some of the first uh, series where we have that person who's burying people and growing mushrooms on them. Oh, yeah, alive. yeah. And you get the body that gets taken out that's still partially alive, alive. But covered in like mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, the woman giving um, lobotomies to people, yeah. taking their eyes out. Yeah, I mean, when they do the whole procedure, like, because obviously from about midway through season two, it changes to Will's in prison. It becomes much more the Hannibal and Will. Like, yeah, it becomes more about the dynamic and trying to catch him. I think is what, um, it was a kind of a, I think that's what caused a little bit of a, like the network very much wanted to say as like a procedural show because they thought that that's where more people are interested. Yeah. And I think Brian Fuller was very much trying to go, no, this, like, we want to tell the actual stories and this is prohibiting us from moving on to will and hannibal as the key point of this yeah. otherwise we we get bogged down every time we have to tell a different story every week um and it does for better or worse like that's kind of one thing like the early seasons where some people might oh this is just a kind of weird strange procedure instead of like actually a hannibal show at first yeah. that's why i think a few people got kind of thrown off 
by it that it didn't get to actually just tell the full Hannibal Wolf story. It yeah. had to constantly be distracted by this, even though the stuff that they bring in for a procedure weekly, the deaths and stuff and the different kind of killers are really interesting. And yeah. stuff like that. You can tell it starts to go away from that with, um, uh, what's a, what's a story? What's a story? The one that, that, that at first they think is the actual Hannibal killer. The, um, it's, it played out in the first season into the second season. She's, Hannibal takes her under his wing, kind of thing, tries to protect her. But oh, Abigail. Abigail, yeah. What's her last name? Abigail Hobbs. Yeah, yeah. The, the dad's like a hunter. So the dad was a killer in his own yeah. right. And it's, it's, if like, she's been involved. Like, yeah. And then they have that parental relationship with her. And it gets really weird. And that's when it's the, end of, and... it's the end of season two, isn't it? When that proper kicks no, off. Yeah. Is it that season one? I don't know. We won't when give we away the, too many. When we spoilers. have the kitchen scene, I mean, yeah, yeah I think. that one incredible. Like I said, season season two of the of the show is one of the best season finales I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it is very good. Should we go to this before we finish? We go to the social media lounge. Let's go over. We had a few on our Instagram. Did I'd, we have any on the? On the old I didn't tweets? put anything up on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so busy. Um, so we're kind of getting some recordings in before I go away. I'm on holiday. So I've been busy preparing stuff for that. That I remembered last night that we were recording today and I meant to put a status up on our Twitter at CMTH podcast. But I went to see uh, No Time to Die and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the only thing we've got from the social media lounge is over on Instagram. There we go. Right, I got. A, I got. A, I got. A, I was trying to find them there, but there's a few things been posted recently. Check out the old Insta for that stuff. Um, so we've got our old mates over at Discount Podcast, uh, and we've got the Creep Show. Yeah, Creep Show is amazing, and so is the new one. Surprisingly, they've also said. Yeah. So uh, I know you watch Creep Show, don't you? Yeah, That's I watch Shudder. It Shudder. It's um, just been just the third season's just come out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, awesome, great show. Um, we've got um, Lucy8689, who comments quite recent, uh, quite often, so it's nice that she's added in. She had Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Nice. Uh, she had, she wrote a few. American Horror Story. Yeah. Uh, Penny Dreadful. I've never got around to watching that, but it's been on the list for a while. Yeah, some of these are kind of more like ones not everyone's kind of see. Um, Hannibal's on there. Salem. I don't know that one. I know that. That's, yet again, one that Ross told me about. It's on Netflix. Um I haven't, I can't quite remember what it's about, but it's I to thought, do with witches. And yeah, I thought show. I had heard that one. I think I might have heard it more that it might have been cancelled after like a, a season or two. I might be wrong on that. Slasher, she's put, and she's put the Exorcist TV show. I heard about that again. Yeah, that another was another one. one. It was on the same, it was on NBC as well. Same network, first season, really, like, I think it was really well received. Yeah. Um, really thing, but again, they didn't have a fucking clue what to do with it, so they yeah. cancelled. Um, and, um, I know we had uh, a few that have also mentioned. I'm just kind of scanning around here to make sure I'm getting all the coverage. And I know we had, what was the one that was mentioned? They also mentioned um, Virgo Creep. And that's uh, that they mentioned uh, Midnight Mass. Nice. Uh, which they watched that they've just finished and were loving it. And uh, Hill House and Bly Manor. So the Mike Flanagan ones got thrown in there and also mentioned about his, uh, that he's doing the new adaptation of The House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. Which that's will be, his next project. That'll be interesting. For Mike Flanagan on Netflix. So that's cool. Another book adaptation. And from the style I know of Mike Flanagan, 
pose sounds perfect for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, same way. Uh, yeah, so that's, um, I think that's about all of them. There might have been one, they were kind of getting thrown around a bit. I think I may have double posted at one point. So <laughs> if I miss anyone, I apologize. But yeah, there's a, a few good choices in there. Um, and I mean, there are so many other ones. Um, and as I said, we'll come back to this. I think I think yeah, we'll come we, back to we definitely will. They're like these are definitely like some of our pin ones. Pin ones. Pin. Yeah, these are some of our pin <laughs> ones. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I don't know why, but it, it, I started to say pe- pen or pin or like, penis. Yeah, <laughs> penis. Ah, yes, the classic. Just penis. give for that. Yeah. Um, these are some of our favorite ones, but that doesn't mean there's not a ton more. When I looked down them, there yeah. was such a list. So yeah, I think we'll come back to our favorite horror TV shows, or maybe just episodes on certain ones. So as we said, if if old uh, if Bobby watches Hill House, maybe we'll go into that one a bit more. Um, if we watch certain other one-off series, we'll probably try to throw them in with our movie reviews as well, and talk us through it. And um, as always, if you've enjoyed the show, um, come and let us know your favorite horror TV series um, on Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast. There's plenty we've missed, um, so come and tell us your favorite ones. Um, hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. And come back on Friday the 15th as we release our much-anticipated uh, Halloween Kills review. Yeah. Which we are which we're gonna do straight from the cinema. So we will see you then. Take care. Bye bye.